I don't love the treadmill. I just I like having the um, I like having the tool available, and I make use of it. Dizruns Radio, episode six hundred and sixty, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, remind you slash let you know, perhaps for the first time, especially if you're new around here, that one thing that I do every month, uh, and I'm always excited to do it, is to pick somebody to work with for free. So you can get a free custom training plan. I give one away each and every month. Um, and, and it's not, you know, some half baked, you know, watered down version of what I charge for. It's, it's exactly the same thing as what, uh, Folks that work with me at that at that training plan level get uh, and and you know not n- pulled pulled no punches. You're getting uh, everything that I would give to you if you paid me 150 dollars, except you're getting it for zero dollars. Um, and all you have to do to win is to head over to disruns.com/giveaway, uh, which is uh, the link that'll take you right there. You enter your name and your email address. You can also get there from the homepage disruns.com. You click the the blue button that says uh, I think click here to enter. I believe is what it says. And if that's not exactly what it says, you're you're smart. You'll figure figure it out. Uh, but it is a blue button. You click there, little pop up enter your name and email address. And yes, either way you enter the, the giveaway, you end up on my email list. I know nobody, nobody needs to be on another email list, right? But, uh, hopefully you'll find my email list to be uh, actually useful. Um, I think a lot of people do, um, because basically it's, it's more of a blog. It's less of a, an email newsletter. Hey, check out this thing and buy this thing and, and all that good stuff. And more of, uh, a blog post. So instead of writing actual proper blog posts, other than the show notes on the website, my blog posts are the emails, and uh, you get those a couple times a week, three times a week, to be to be honest. So you you know all the you know everything that's going to happen right up front. I'm not trying to to pull the wool over your eyes. And that, then once you've you've entered, uh, you know, towards the end of or well a- after the end of each month, you know, the first part of of the new month, I pick a new winner. And as this episode comes out, we're talking middle of December. What a great way to start the the year 2019 off to uh, potentially win a free training plan for whenever you want. You don't have to use it right away. You can sit on it, use it whenever you have a goal race. We'll work together and uh, help you to get, hopefully, uh, be as prepared as possible and have a great race. So again, if you want to enter disruns.com slash giveaway, you can also head right over there to the homepage, disruns.com, click the blue button, enter away, and uh, may the may the random number generator smile upon you, right? Um, we'll pick a new winner, like I said, each and every month. And uh, the, the odds are never better than they are right now. So go ahead and get yourself entered. Best of luck. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. My uh, guest today is someone that I've chatted with on Twitter, you know, off and on for, gosh, at least it seems like a couple of years now. Uh, and, and finally, I've, I've come to my senses and asked him to actually join me on, a, on the show for a, a proper chat with, you know, answers longer than uh, 280 characters now, which I think we started chatting when we only had 140, but now we've even got 280. But now let's have, let's have a proper conversation. And, you know, in addition, he's also a Michigander, which uh, obviously means he's good people, uh, you know, from, from my home state. So uh, anyway, it's, it's definitely a, a pleasure, definitely overdue, and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to being able to, uh, to have a chat today. Without it. So without any further ado, go ahead and welcome Mr. Jeff McBain to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Jeff. Really appreciate it. And look, certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, the, the pleasure is mine. And guys, if, if you're not familiar with Jeff and, and uh, you know if, if you haven't interacted with him on the social medias and things like that yet, uh, definitely would encourage you to do so. And you can also check out his blog, uh, deerfoot.blogspot.com. That's deer, D-E-R, like the animal, deerfoot95. I don't know if I said that right the first time, but deerfoot95.blogspot.com. And uh, on all things social, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, all of the places that uh, you're, you're already hanging out anyway, you can also probably connect with them there with the same handle uh, as, as the first part of the, the website there at uh, Deerfoot95. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes for this episode, just like we always do. So if you want to uh, you know, connect with Jeff and, and you're out on the go, can't, uh, can't pull up Twitter right now, uh, head over to disruns.com slash 660. And we'll have the links right there. Click over, click follow, uh, and uh, enjoy the ride at that point. So, uh, Jeff, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with the, with the same 
simple question for everybody. And, and for some folks, it's a pretty simple question to answer. And, and for some folks, it kind of uh, is a little bit trickier than uh, what, it, what it seems like on paper. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I've come to really enjoy the half marathon. Um, it's a long enough distance where you actually have to train pretty good for it in order to cross the finish line. Um, and it's not long enough like the marathon where you actually have to put in a lot of miles and a lot of effort um, to cross the finish line. The half marathon seems to be that nice sweet spot where it challenges me enough to um, work hard and gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, certainly. And that's, that's uh, probably, I, I actually, I probably can say it's definitely the, the most common answer to that question for a lot of those same reasons. It, it's, it doesn't beat you up too much. It's easy. It's a little bit easier to train for as far as balancing the rest of life and, and whatnot, but it's still, it's still a good challenge. So yeah, half marathon is, is certainly a great distance. Definitely. It's one that I discovered um, on a whim actually, because I woke up one morning uh, many years ago and decided to join the half marathon race that was happening that morning. So I got out of bed, put my running clothes on and ran my first half marathon. Okay. So I, I can't, uh, we, we can't just let that, let that little nugget pass away. So without, uh, without diving into it a little bit more. So, um, had, had you been running a lot at that point and, and it was, or, or was it, I mean, just a complete willy nilly decision or, or, you know, I mean, you know, most people when, especially when they run their first longer race, you know, it's something that you've trained for and, and planned for and been, been thinking about for a while. Um, what, what, I mean, other than I just decided to get up and run, I mean, was, was it really that simple or, or what spurred you to, to enter the race that day? It, it really was that simple. I was running maybe 20, 30 miles a week, nothing too extravagant, not that much speed work, nothing, nothing fancy, but I just got up and looked online and saw that there was a half marathon and I was not doing anything that day, so I decided to try it. <laughs> well, how, how did how did it go then? I mean, obviously, uh, it wasn't so bad that you decided to never run again or something crazy like that. Was it was it a pretty good experience for the first time? It was definitely uh, a really good experience. I was able to run most of it. Had to walk uh, later in the race, but um, really enjoyed it and knew that okay, I crossed the finish line once. Let me see what happens if I actually try training a little bit more for it, do some more miles and speed work and see what I can do from here. Gotcha, gotcha. So how long did it take to get to, to, to try it again for a second time with a little bit more uh, advanced notice and, and training and whatnot? The second one, I think, was only a couple months after. Okay, okay. So didn't waste, didn't waste too much time, which is good. Just enough no. time to get a little work in, but not enough time to, uh, to, to let it all fade away type of thing, all the memories and, and whatnot, and, and get out there and experience it again. Well, when you also get get the feeling of accomplishment, it's like you, you get that hit where you want more and you want to keep going. And it was in the fall, so I knew that if I wanted to do another one, I better do it quick. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. You, you start to uh, run out of races by the time the, the snow really starts flying and then you got to wait until the spring up there. So uh, getting getting it done uh, early um, and, and like you said, get after it quick for the, that second one is uh, not, a, not a bad choice. Um, like you, like you said there, uh, leading into that, that story a little bit that you had been running, you know, 20, 30 miles a week. So, so you weren't, you know, I, I would say that's, that's fairly, you know, other than, you know, you could maybe make the argument you weren't doing speed training or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You weren't specifically training for a half marathon, but if you're, if you're knocking out 20, 30 miles a week, you can, you can definitely get into and, and, and get your way through a half marathon. Um, where did, where did running start for you? I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So, you know, get, get to that first half marathon. You already had a decent base on, had you been running for, for years to that point or, or months or decades or, or what was, what was the beginning of, uh, your running life like? I think I was running for, uh, maybe 10, no, maybe 10, 20 years, okay. um, before I actually tried it. Um, so I was running off and on since high school, um, because I got involved in track when I was a freshman in high school, uh, went out for the basketball team freshman year, found out I was too slow. Um, coach said, run track, you can get faster, and decided to try for the distance team, so I ran one miles and two miles. Um, ended up becoming good friends with some guys on the track team, and 
that morphed into summer cross country training and then summer cross country and then indoor track. And, um, I just never looked back. Did you ever find your way back to basketball or was, was that, uh, like you said, not, not looking back, no basketball either. I, I played a little bit in the summer, but it never became a passion again gotcha. because I just would be uh, running a lot. And I had a, a friend of mine that was crazy like me and he liked to run. So he and I would wake up early mornings and put in a decent amount of miles and then go to school. Or um, we, we just there was a lot of friendships that were formed that um, I know I could never have found anywhere else. Certainly, certainly. So you get get started in, in running in um you know in, in high school, like you said, joining joining the track team to try to try to get in a, in a little bit better shape for another sport, and then you know get rid of that other sport and just stick with stick with the running. Um, were you you know um front of the pack, or, or were you where, where did where did you kind of rate as far as uh, speed, competitive things like that? Was it was it or was it you know you're part of the team, but was it mostly fun for you? It w- it was fun. I was I was good for the school. Um, because I, my passion, um, and there was there was a lot of times where um, I was the only person out there running because I just enjoyed it so much. So I think that led to a little bit of the um, success there, but nothing really big as far as city or state or regional. Um, if anything, I learned how to have fun with it. Um, a lot of the runs, even now that I do, I. I make them fun. I, I call it a Dairy Queen run when you go out for a run and you stop at Dairy Queen for water right. or, 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 ice cream. <laughs> or ice cream or you just you see a hill, you go for the hill. You, it's not um, a really strict running a lot of the time. It's just, hey, this looks like fun. Let's do it. Do you think that um, that having that attitude a little bit of even when you were on the team, really making it fun uh has has kind of led to this continued lifelong enjoyment of the sport and i ask that because i i know i've heard i've heard stories and 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 articles about folks that you know were really competitive in high school maybe even ran a little bit in college but then you know once the competition ended once they reached to wherever they could they could be competitive anymore um they, they pretty much have given up on running because it's you know it used to be competitive now it's not i don't want anything to do with it do, do you think that um that there's any relationship between the fact that you enjoyed it and made made it fun in those early days really has has led to you know continuing on for 10 20 30 years afterwards i i think a lot of it has um because i knew that i was never able to um to get to that next level so i just tried to see what i could do for fun and enjoy um, putting in the miles and seeing all the uh, different areas and places that I would never see if I was just driving by or actually stopped to enjoy. Um, but I know now, now that I'm still um, actively running, it's actually changed where I find a lot of enjoyment um, hearing other people's stories and seeing their accomplishments and watching the pro runners and the pro races. So uh, the, the fun has changed from where it was when I first started. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I, I kind of noticed that you said something, uh, on, on your website, I think it was on the about page about how there's been different versions of yourself as, as a runner. So we had, we had the, the, the fun stage at the, at the very beginning. Um, and like you said, now kind of at the point where it's, it's definitely, you know, still something you enjoy doing, but you're really enjoying watching other people and, and seeing other people's stories and things of that nature. Um, have there been some other kind of phases or, or, um, versions, like you said, uh, of yourself, or what are some of those other versions that have been, you know, kind of in the middle of, of these uh, bookends that we've talked about so far? So one of the versions is, um, Back in the late 2000s, I had to have uh, microfracture knee surgery um, on my left knee. And that actually didn't happen from running. It's not that exciting of a story. It's I was out walking my dog in the snow, my feet planted, but my upper body twisted and my knee twisted with it as well. So I popped out some cartilage on the actual bone. Um, so I had to have knee surgery and was on crutches for a while. It took a while for, um, rehab and everything, but the doctor said that I shouldn't be running anymore. And that, that hit me pretty hard because running was part of my life. 
Um, so I just, I took some time to learn more about running and nutrition and warmups and everything that I never did as a kid, because when you're a kid, you're invincible. You're just go out and run six miles without thinking twice about it. So I just started studying and, um, learning more about the body and was able to, um, not only continue running, but was actually able to run faster in the longer distances than I ever was in high school. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and all right. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, dealing with an injury coming back. What, what was it like getting back into, into running, coming off the injury, especially since, uh, if I heard you correctly there, um, the doctor pretty much said that you probably wouldn't be able to run afterwards or at least shouldn't run after, after that injury. Right. It, it, it took me a while because I, I figured I'm going to try it. I'm going to try, um, seeing what I can do. And I knew at the time I could lose a little bit of weight and needed to strengthen some muscles and get some other, other things under control. But I took it real slow, um, and started to get my weight back, um, my feet back under me. And the first few times that I was out running, um, which is another thing that I still deal with is I have asthma as well. Mm. Uh, so I was trying to do just two miles at a really um, good pace, and I was I was gassed. I was having bad asthma attacks and really struggling, and um, you know just kept at it. And two days a week became three days a week, and and then that it evolved into um, following a training plan and. Um, just getting stronger and losing weight, strengthening my legs, my lungs, and um, just able to really improve from there. Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how uh, you know once once you start getting into it, you start to recognize that you know, and especially as as you get maybe a little bit older, and, and like you said, you're not indestructible anymore. You can't just go out and, and hammer it like you could when you were younger. Uh, there's there's a bit more to it. Um, and you start to recognize that, you know, there is some strength training that needs to happen. And maybe there's, there's different seasons, you know, maybe there's, there's a race season and there's, there's the off season where you're still running some, but you're not focused on racing as much as you are as maybe rebuilding the base or, or, um, you know, doing a bit more strength training and maybe a few less miles, things like that. Have you found something like that, uh, where, where maybe with the seasons or something like that, where, um, you, know, you, you focus a bit more on on maybe the strength for for parts of the year and, and more on the racing at other parts of the year. Definitely, I've, I've been able to get it worked out where I've got um, the the spring. I typically have a, a longer race, and then a little bit in the summer is um, just building the miles, and then in the falls, uh, um, typically one of the longer races that I have. Um, and then in the winter is when I do a lot of the the strength training and, um, started to work on the little things like focus on relaxing and focus on my form, focus on, um, how many, uh, steps per minute I take my cadence and just try to really focus on the little things. And I actually find that working on those little things is actually easier on a treadmill, um, because it's more of a controlled environment. And I know people have mixed feelings about <laughs> treadmills, but I look at it, it's a tool. Right. Um, it allows me to dial in a pace and um, be able to know that I'm not going to get hit by any cards or anything. I can focus on my arm swing and where my feet are planting. And um, those little things that once the spring hits, I go outside. I'm definitely, I don't love the treadmill. I just, I like having the, um, I like having the tool available and I make use of it. It's a, it's a it's a very good point and and something um, that uh, everybody that, that listens to the show and has been listening for for years certainly knows that uh, I I don't have mixed feelings about the the treadmill I have anti feelings about the treadmill I, I am not a treadmill guy um, I'll I'll skip a run long before I'll I'll get on the treadmill but the idea of using it as a tool is is something that uh, you know is is maybe worth. I don't know if exploring it is the right way of saying it, but you know, I have one of, one of the athletes I coach does, we're working on the same thing, you know, as, as she gets into the winter months and not being able to be out as much with, with slippery, you know, slippery, uh, ice and snow, things like that. Um, you know, we, we're working on trying to keep a little bit more of an even pace. She's a, a run, walk 
runner. So, you know, and she's been struggling or, or we haven't really worked on it yet, but keeping her run intervals at about the same level pace. And so with the treadmill, you know, might as well make use of it in the wintertime. If that's something she's going to have to do more of, we're, we're working on, you know, like, just like you said, using it as a tool, ma- maintaining that steady pace so that she can get a feel for whatever that, that pace might be for her. Uh, so, so yeah, as much as I'm, I'm not a treadmill person, a treadmill runner, um, like you said, and, and maybe it's a, it's a, a great way of looking at it is it is a tool. And, and sometimes, you know, you, the, it's, it's a lot easier to, to get the results when you have the right tool for the job. And if you can work on some things like cadence or like holding a steady pace, things like that, you know, that might be a, a great time to jump on the treadmill and, and utilize it for, for what it's useful for. And then when the weather improves or when you're, when you're back to running outside, those, hopefully those lessons carry over and you're, you're good to go moving forward back out on the, on the roads and streets and trails or wherever it is you run, not on the treadmill. Right. And I've also found, too, that it helps because if you're in an area where there's not that many places to run, you can get bored after a while Mm. because you cover the same area and it just becomes really, really tough to to deal with, um, with just seeing the same things over and over. So you start to have mental burnout. Yeah, that's that's you know, and, and and again, while we're talking about the treadmill, I mean, that's that's long been one of my arguments about the treadmill is how boring it is. But but you're right, if you know, and, and I'm starting to feel a bit more now too, where I'm I'm running in my neighborhood probably eighty five ninety percent of the time, and yeah, I mean, you know, there's only you can only turn left or right out of the driveway, um, and and in our neighborhood, there's only like five side streets that you can go down, so it's it is pretty much the same thing all the time and, and it does start to get a bit a bit boring so i don't know if it, i don't know for me if it's boring enough to get on the treadmill just yet probably I, I do know for me it's not but you know if if and when that day comes then then yeah you can you know bring the bring the ipad watch a movie do do something to try to mix it up a bit when, when you're when you're on the treadmill um kind of along that line do you do you tend to try to do some things to to keep it a bit more interesting or or because you're using it as a tool are you focused on whatever it is you're working at on the treadmill most of the time I, I tend to focus more on what I'm doing at the moment. I usually have music or something going in my headphones. Um, I know that there's TVs or something at the gym that I can watch. Um, but I'm usually focused on um, my, my breathing and all those other little things where after a while the miles start to go by and next thing I know I'm done. Or if I get really bored... Um, that's when I try things like upping the incline or, um, you know, upping the speed or playing with the speed because I mean, who doesn't like to push buttons, you know, <laughs> push, push buttons right. on the treadmill. Okay. I'm going up. I'll push buttons, go back down. Yeah. From the, from the time we're kids, if you can, if you can push a little button and something, something happens, it's, it's let's, let's do it and see what happens. And, and then, yeah, if you're on the treadmill, let's see if we can, we can keep going at the, the faster pace or the higher incline or whatever the case might be. So um, when, when I was you know, going back to, to the initial question there, uh, you know, favorite distance, you enjoy enjoy the half marathon um, and, and looking at, at your website and, and some of the races that you've run it, it seems to me, uh, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I certainly don't mean anything other than just asking a question, um, but it seems to me like, like you've done a lot of half marathons, a lot of things shorter than that maybe one or two marathons from, from what I could tell, uh, is, is there, and, and again, I don't want this to come across the wrong way to you or to anybody listening that I feel like you have to run marathons or anything like that. Cause I certainly don't, but is, is, is there a, a, a reason that you haven't dabbled more into the marathon distance or you just like half so much that you stay there or, or, or I guess I'm just kind of open-ended, you know, is there an aversion to marathons that you have? No, there, it's actually something that I'm working my way up to. Um, the first mar- actual marathon that I did is uh, another one of those stories that I have that I did it because I was stubborn. Um, <laughs> that, that first marathon was um, I had my knee surgery and um, didn't really start running because I didn't trust myself. The doctor was saying don't run, but I knew I wanted to cross that finish line once of a marathon, so I biked. I biked all summer and put in a lot of miles on the bike and um, struggled in the marathon, of course, because biking is not the same as running. And I crossed the finish line in six hours, 45 minutes. Mm. Um, and I couldn't walk the next week because of it. <laughs> uh, But I knew at that moment, I figured, okay, if I can do this without training mm-hmm. and, and everything's 
I pulled up. I was able to walk after the race. Um, my knee wasn't bothering me. What what can I do if I actually built myself up to it? So this past fall, I actually ran, um, can say I ran my first marathon, um, where I crossed the finish line and did all the training and did everything ready for it to get ready. And um, it was a really good experience. And probably maybe going to do one in 2019 i signed up and hopefully we'll get in for chicago okay um so yeah i would love to to go back to that first marathon a little bit more because you know somebody says there's another one of those those stories uh there's usually some more some more layers that we can we can dive into if if you're if you're up for it so um training mostly on on a bike or pretty much exclusively on a bike you're right i mean I, i'm a big fan of of cross training I, I i think that there's a lot of value um to doing some some swimming or biking or something something besides running just for you know continue to build the fitness without the without the pounding but yeah going from the bike straight to running 26 miles that's 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 tough so um what was there ever i don't know was was there ever any doubt in your mind if you could do it when you were on the bike logging those miles or, or was it just a, you know, like you said, stubborn. So you're just, I'm going to do this come hell or high water. No, no questions asked. I I'm stubborn when it comes to running, I will find a way to make it happen. And that's the mentality I had when I went in for the race, because I figured if I can at least do, um, you know, run, walk, or somehow make it across the finish line, I'll have accomplished my goal. Just keep moving forward and don't stop. Gotcha. Um, and riding the bike, I kept thinking, cross that finish line, at least at least be able to check this off your list. If you can never run again, you cross the you cross the marathon mm-hmm. finish line. You may have mentioned it in the the first answer, and, and I I missed it. But how long ago was that first marathon? Um. I think that was about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and so you crossed that finish line. And, and if I, I think I heard this part in the, in, in the original story that, you know, once you had done it, you kind of thought, well, all right, maybe, maybe I can, I can do this again at some point, even though that, that first week after was, was pretty miserable, which makes a whole lot of sense that I, I, I can imagine that, uh, walking around was going to be tough for the next week or 10 days after that, that first marathon. But, um, and again, this isn't any type of cross examination or anything like yeah. that, but, but, so it took nine years, 10 years, whatever the exact dates are to, to get to run the, the second marathon. Um, like, was that just a matter of, I need to get back into just running regularly or was that strategic? Was that just how life kind of shook out? Um, as far as having that, that 10 year delay. It, it was strategic because I knew in order to really accomplish, uh, for me, a successful race, I had to get in a lot of miles, mm. you know, get in a good base miles, mileage, um, and actually train for it. And I knew that I wanted to build myself up to it and, and have a really good experience for that second marathon. So over the years, I was um, putting in more miles, trying to run more on a regular basis and, you know, little injuries here and there set me back. Um, but I was able to finally start getting that base going. And then last year when uh, the Detroit uh, Free Press Marathon had their Supreme Challenge, which is running a marathon, 5K and a one mile. Um, and it was the first year that they were having it. Mm. So like I was saying, I'm always up for a challenge. I said, why not? So that that pulled the trigger for me on when I was running my next marathon. Gotcha. I, I want to get to to that a bit more, and and I know you've been an ambassador for for the Freep Marathon, or at least I feel like I know that from from social media for for a while. So we can talk about that a bit more in in a second. Um, but uh, I, I, again, kind of going back back in time a bit, this this kind of just popped into my head there. Um, how how long did you how long did it take for you to have confidence in? your ability to run with your knee. Uh, because, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm putting the, the pieces together here, and this has kind of come from different parts of, of the conversation, but, um, you know, doctor says probably no more running. You get the, you get the surgery done. Uh, and then, you know, stubborn Jeff says, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I, I, you know, I've always wanted to, to feel what it's like to cross a marathon finish line. So, so by God, I'm going to do it. Even if that means I'm, I'm biking for, for a whole summer to, to try to build the fitness and, and see what happens, cross the finish line. Um, w- you know, when did, when did you get to that point? And it's, I'm 
maybe take maybe it's taken years. I don't know, but but to get to that point where, you know, no longer was there that doubt of whether or not I could run. No longer was there the doubt of whether the doctor was right saying that I, I can't do this anymore. Um, when did you get to have that that confidence in the knee that all right I can I can do this I can start training I can I can really get back into this sport that I that I really enjoy and have enjoyed for for many many years. It took me a few years to to gain confidence because every time I would run, my focus would be on my knee. If, is there any knee pain there? If there's knee pain, okay, I should stop and walk. And um, it, it's like with a lot of running, a lot of it was mental. Uh, so I was just doing things slow and not putting in that many miles, trying to listen to my body and. Um, definitely doing a lot more strength training than miles because I wanted the strength in my legs to help protect the knee, which in turn led to um, gaining a little bit more muscle and drop some weight to, to help take the load off my knee. Uh, and then just a combination of eating right and going to the gym more and, and doing all those right things, it eventually led me to more confidence to get out there and get out on the road and put in some more miles. Do you do you think about your knee at all anymore? Does it does it give you any issues, or is that so far in the past that it's not it's not even a thing these days? I I'm still uh, cautious about it, and that's why in the winter um, I definitely don't run outside if there's ice or snow on the ground because even though I know probably could try it, um, I have enough confidence where I should be able to do it, but um, I definitely don't want to risk anything to uh, further injure the knee. And, mm-hmm make it so I could never do this again. So I'm, I'm still cautious. And uh, in the winter, that's where I put in a lot more time for the strength work and strength training to help strengthen my legs to continue uh, protecting that knee. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, so then fast forwarding to, to earlier this year, running, running your first marathon in, in about a decade, whatever, it, however, again, however long the, the exact dates are that, that it lines up. Um, but not only a marathon, but also adding in a couple other races uh, to, to, to add a challenge to, to make it more difficult to, to put even more, uh, you know, more on your plate. Uh, how did how did those those three different races go for you? I, I'm assuming that the order was something like the marathon was the last one and the other two races came maybe the day before. Uh, is that kind of how it played out? Yes, that is how it played out on Saturday morning was the uh they did the one mile and then they did the 5k and then on sunday morning was the marathon so how did how did your your body respond to well first of all with with the with the the 5k and the the one mile did you run them really hard did you run them kind of just more like like shakeout runs knowing that you had the marathon the next day like like what was what was the strategy to to navigate through that that weekend challenge going into it on Saturday, my mind was just take it easy so you can run a good marathon mm-hmm. on, at the next day. And the brain was, you know, every every moment on Saturday, even up to uh, before the start of the race, the one mile, I was, okay, I'm going to take this easy. And then one of my friends was there and he told me how fast he was going to run. And immediately I was thinking, <laughs> sure, why not? And it was a lot faster than I had anticipated. Um, but I did it and it was one of the fastest miles, um, that I've ran since high school. Wow. Uh, So that, that, that just goes to show again that, um, with proper training and everything, at least for myself, that I'm, I'm doing a lot better, um, just by actually paying attention to those little things that add up. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do. I'm, I'm, uh, I've long been a proponent of the little things. People, people that listen, uh, have been listening for a long time. Have probably sick of me uh, uttering that that phrase, but it, it really is important. So you, you go out, you know, with with the best intentions of of running pretty relaxed and and just having a good time. End up hammering it a bit, going going pretty hard. Uh, what, what was? Uh, how did you feel the next day? Where were the legs? Had you could you tell that you had done a little bit of of work the day before? Did they feel pretty good? You know, before the start of the marathon. Well, they, they felt pretty good um, because I knew after after the one mile in the 5K, I threw some compression uh, cap sleeves on and stretched and uh, stayed hydrated and uh, was just able to rest up and put the focus on the marathon the next day. And um, I think just knowing to um, knowing what to do after a race instead of just finishing the race, go home and watch TV doing again, like we were saying, those little things, um, I felt fine on race day. 
Good, good. Well, how did how did the the race go then? I know. I mean, I know it obviously went well because you, you said that uh, you know you you had a much better experience the second time, and and so much so that you're entering the lottery to to maybe run Chicago next year. But um, the, the the free press marathon, it's it's one of those races that I feel like I hear nothing but good things about. I know it's on a a lot of people's list because it does you know run from Detroit into uh, Canada and whatnot, so you get a, a little bit of of both sides of the river. Uh, but but before we talk more broadly about the race itself, because it is a race I would like to hear more about. Uh, what was, you know, a bit, can we get a bit more into, into your experience? How did, how did it go? How did, how did the legs feel? Was there ever any, any, uh, you know, hit the wall, anything like that, uh, on, on, uh, this first marathon in, in about a decade? I was going, everything was going as planned. I was, I had my, uh, fueling on points every five or six miles and was going at an easy pace. Um, cause I figured, Again, one of those little things they always say is on races, your second half of the race should be faster than your first half. So I was focusing on that and um, was doing really good until I hit about the 17-mile mark where uh, my glutes gave out on me. Mm. So it was kind of a pain in the butt where I was running, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that out of all the muscles, that was the one that was tightening up. But was able to find a way to get across the finish line and the last mile uh, because I knew that uh, was getting close to the finish line and was actually able to pick it up, I think, at least a minute uh, minute faster than the previous miles mm. uh, just because I knew that I wanted to finish. Uh, but it, for the actual time, it's one of the few times I could actually say I had a three-hour PR. Yeah, that's that's awesome that, that – uh... Uh, I have I have one of those races. Not not quite to, not not even close to a three hour PR. But I have a, I think I have a, a sixty five minute marathon PR. Uh, at, you know, from one of the early days to uh, I think it was my third marathon versus my first. But uh, but yeah, three hour PR. Wow, that's that's moving. Yeah, it, it felt really good um, to get across that finish line and actually um, feel like I ran a marathon and completed one. Um, but even after that, I crossed the finish line and went back to my hotel room, put the compression calf sleeves on and stretched and mm-hmm. um, drank enough water and everything. And the next day I felt fine. Wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a testament to a to good preparation beforehand because I, I definitely think that that plays a big part of it. Your body's, you know, even if you don't run 26 miles before the the marathon itself, you know, just getting getting accumulated miles and and proper speed work and strength training and all all of the things uh, definitely makes makes the recovery process a bit easier. Um, and then you know, being smart, put taking care of yourself, putting the the, the compression on, hydrating, eating well, all those things certainly play a part. Um, I'd be curious, Jeff, with so long between marathons, um, were there anything, did, did it feel like there was any um, lessons or um, anything from the experience of the first race that helped you in the second? Because I feel, you know, kind of where, where I guess where this question is coming from, I feel like for myself, um, not that I want to run a marathon every every week or two, something like that necessarily, but as long as I've got a fairly steady, you know, every, at least maybe every couple, three months, maybe of, of running a marathon, it really kind of, I feel like it helps me. Maybe it's giving me some mental confidence. It, it makes my body kind of know a little bit more what's going on, um, to help with the recovery, to help with pacing, all of the, all of those, those things that, that sometimes you have to learn, uh, the hard way by, by doing the marathon with the fact that they were 10 ish years apart. Um, I'm just curious if, if you can think of any carryover that, that may have been, or, or was it really, or, or did it feel more like this was my first time running a marathon again, if that makes sense? It was, I felt like it was my first time running a marathon again, because I, uh, when I ran the first time, uh, obviously riding a bike wasn't the best mm-hmm. training. Um, you know, all the feelings during the race were, were typical. So I, after that moment, I threw away, Again, like we were saying with versions of myself, I threw away everything that I knew about running and I started over and I started reading books and listening to other people and, you know, people on Twitter and Instagram and um, even some of the pro teams that I follow, you know, seeing what they do and how they recover, how do they properly fuel and just started to piece together something that worked. Uh, And then this time everything Outside of not having enough uh, 
muscle, I guess, at the 17-mile mark. <laughs> Everything went well. Good, good. Um, so so taking a, a little bit of the shine off of, of you and a little bit more on, on the race, like I said, I've, I've heard – I don't think I've heard anything bad really about, uh, other than maybe sometimes the weather can be a little bit iffy and, and, uh, whenever the race deficient October, I believe, right. Is, is uh, the freak marathon. So, so yeah, sometimes the weather can be a little dicey, uh, that far up North, um, that time of year, but, but otherwise I haven't heard too much, uh, negative about the race. Uh, overall, I mean, is, is that a race that you would, would you run it again? Do you recommend it? I, I, I'm like I said, I think you're, you've been an ambassador for it several times. So I, I'm assuming you're, you're pretty uh, pro the, the freak marathon. Definitely. Um, I love the race. It was on my bucket list since high school to cross the ambassador bridge and go to Canada on my own two feet, mm-hmm. because that's the only time of year from Michigan, you can do that. Right. And then to run underwater through the Windsor tunnel back to the United States. Um, there is no other place in the world where you can get an underwater mile time. <laughs> so those two things were huge in that my first attempt at a marathon was the Detroit Free Press Marathon as well. Mm. Uh, so I love the race. I've been involved with it. I was a race ambassador the first year that they had it in 2016. Uh, last year and then luckily this upcoming year i'm still involved with the race um, in facebook they've got an official runners group uh, uh facebook group that that i help moderate um, it's just a fantastic race fantastic people that care about the race they listen to feedback they try putting on together a really good race experience um, each year good good so um definitely uh you know if if you're if you're in the Midwest or if you're looking to travel up to to the Midwest in in the fall, which is you know quite quite honestly, I've I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but it's it's the one time of year that I really miss being back home is is in the fall. So uh, great time of year to to head up there and and you know knock a knock a knock a race and and how how would you um you know kind of a hypothetical question here here I guess Jeff, but how would you class that race as far as location? So if somebody's trying like me, aiming to run fifty states, um. Can can I can I count that? Like how how much am I in Canada to the point where can I still count this as a as a as a Michigan race, a Michigan marathon, or or um, is is this not gonna not gonna slice it because I'm in Canada too much? Well, you running the the Detroit Free Press Marathon, you get the best of both worlds because it's the majority of the race is in Michigan, so I would say that you could check that off your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you also run in Canada. It's your opportunity to run international. <laughs> there that, go. Not many people. Not many people can say they have, right? Um, because right. at least, at least in Michigan, we've got the advantage. Canada's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you actually go into Canada for a few miles and you run there. So at that point, you're an international runner. Right, right. But c- could I say that I'm an international marathoner or just an international runner if I'm only doing a few miles in in Canada? Or, or it's just splitting hairs at that point. I, I think it's splitting hairs at that point, but it, it's, you still get that international status because it's not, you know, you just stepped across the bridge right. and then turned back. You put you're, in three, yeah. three or four miles there. Yeah, yeah, it's at, yeah. You're right. It's it's definitely more than just the the token. Like I I crossed and t- came right back. You're you're in it for for a bit. So so yeah, that's definitely uh is is like you said unique. It's the the only race of its kind that you can do something like that between crossing the bridge, coming back under the tunnel. Um, great time of year. So it's a definitely a, a race that I would I would consider myself making making the trip at some point, and and hopefully we'll be able to do that at some point down the line. But um before we before we wrap up, Jeff, as we're getting kind of close to that point, I'd love to to shift gears maybe one last time a little bit away from running, although not, not completely, it's still, still running related, but, uh, the, the, the blog and the website, how long have you been, been doing that? And, and what, uh, what kind of spurred you to start putting your, your thoughts and, and, uh, you know, some, some races and conversations with other runners and, and all that kind of stuff online for the world to see. I, I wanted to actually just start connecting with people that, um, spoke my language, people that were passionate about running and understood what, you know, a marathon was, a half marathon, and all these different things. Um, and so I just wanted to really start connecting with other people. And then knowing that I've got years of experience of what not to do, um, <laughs> wanted to help share some of those so people could uh, hopefully learn from that and have better experiences. And um, a lot of it was just, it, it just kind of 
kept uh, going from there where um, first I started out on Twitter and then because I was a race ambassador, it was uh, connecting on Facebook mm-hmm. and on uh, Instagram. And then with the blog, it was uh, just starting to document some of the races and some of the things that uh, that I've reviewed and, and have seen over the years and um, hopefully trying to share enough where people can either get some enjoyment or hopefully learn good or bad from it. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, that's uh, the name of the game is, is at least I think, you know, if you can, if you can make the learning part enjoyable at the same time, you're, you're, you're doing something right. And that's definitely, uh, uh, you know, with, with, with the depth of experience you have in running and, and the years of, of, of blogging, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to, to see that you've kind of figured out the right, the right mix, which is, which is awesome. So, uh, definitely, uh, encourage people to check out, check out the website as well. And, and like you said, there's, there's some, some really good, uh, gear reviews, race reviews, things like that on, on the website. So, uh, definitely a whole wealth of, of information. So as we're, as we're wrapping up here, Jeff, uh, the, the way I like to, to end the chat is with uh, something that I call a philosophical question, which uh, can sometimes be a bit scary, but it's really just kind of a fancy way of saying it's kind of like the introductory question where it's, it's pretty simple, but very open-ended. You can take it and, and run with it, you know, something short, something, something long, something in the middle, but this is where we'll kind of wrap things up for today. Um, just curious, at this point in your life, the different versions of your life that, that you've gone through, different versions of, of how running has, has shifted and changed a bit during your life and, and the, the many years that you've been in this sport, why do you keep doing it? Why, why do you keep getting out there, lacing up, um, and and you know, speaking the language, if you will? Uh, why, why do you continue to run at this point in your life? I I do it uh, a lot because I don't know any better. Um, when you do something for the majority of your life, when you don't have it, you miss it. Um, and this is this is what I've been doing for um, well over half my life now. Uh, but I know even right now. The thing that drives me is I know that I want to get to a point where I could say I'm the best version of myself that's possible right now uh, to be able to show people um, that doubted me or uh, people that said that you know I should stop running or even show my family that this is what you can do with hard work and determination. That a lot of things are possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. And that's, that's definitely uh, a great, a great driver to keep you, keep you moving forward. And, and certainly I uh, hope that, uh, many, many, many more years of, of good running and, and improvement in, in your future. And guys, uh, if you want to follow along with Jeff, uh, in those, those many years and, and, uh, hopefully decades more to come, uh, Deerfoot, 95.blogspot.com is the website. And, uh, of course, like you said, on, on the socials is, 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 uh, for most of us, I think probably socials, socials are a great place to, to interact more on a, on a regular basis. Uh, and it's the same handle there, uh, Deerfoot95 on, on all things social. Check him out, uh, connect with him, say hi, uh, join, join the party and jump into some conversations. And if you need any of the links, just like always, in the show notes for today's episode, that's disruns.com slash six, six, zero. So, uh, Jeff, thank you for, for taking the time today and, uh, glad we were finally able, like I said earlier to, to have, you know, conversations longer than, uh, whatever the character limit happens to be at the moment on Twitter. Uh, but certainly enjoyed chatting with you. And, uh, you know, if you're ever down here in, in central Florida for a race or just to need, needing somebody to run with, we'd love to, to join you. And if I'm ever, Whenever I get up to uh, back up to the homeland, maybe we can we can line up for a few miles as well. But uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And, and thanks again for the time today. Yep, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jeff and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that uh, you know that stuck with you a little bit that. Uh, that that's, has, is continuing to stick with you now that the conversation has ended. And, and who knows, maybe it'll stick with you for several days as well after after this uh, episode is all done and dusted. For me, the, the one of the big things that really stuck out, there were there were a few, uh, honestly, different different areas I feel like I could have gone with this one. Um, but but one thing that I, I definitely really resonated with was the idea of, of Jeff talking about different seasons in his running life and how, or different versions, I'm sorry, different versions of his running life and how, you know, as he's changed, you know, running has, has changed with him. He's changed, you know, and that's, and that's ultimately the, the, the key thing that I think we, we can overlook, um, or we can lose sight of. And that is, you know, we kind of either pigeonhole ourselves, uh, or, um, we feel like, like, 
it always, running always has to be the same thing. It always has to be, you know, the priority or it always has to be, it's what we do every Saturday morning or Sunday morning or whatever. And yes, that might be what you want to do, but there might be a time in your, in your life when that's not possible, whether it's due to injury, whether it's due to a shift in priorities, family life, work responsibilities, whatever it is. And I think that for myself, I'll speak for myself only here, but, but maybe this resonates with you as well. Um, sometimes I, I try to fight those changes. I try to fight that, um, that natural evolution, that, that di- potentially different version of myself and different version of how running relates with my life at that moment and try to keep things the way they are. Try to keep the status quo, you know, try not to have, have any change, whoa, excuse me, any change in my, my life as it relates to, you know, I want my running to always be the same thing. I want to always be making progress. And that's just, it's just not realistic. It's, it might be idealistic, but it's not realistic. So, um, I, I really love how Jeff has just embraced that there's been different versions of himself, different running versions of himself over the years. And that's probably going to continue for him. And that's probably going to continue for, for me as well. And maybe you also. So that was just something that really stood out to me, that, that idea, the different versions. Um, and that's, and that being an okay, okay with that, uh, because it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen whether we want it to or not. And fighting it isn't necessarily going to make uh, any difference at all. Only going to make the situation worse. Certainly not going to make it any better. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at DizRuns. Shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. Of course, also on Instagram, you can hit me there at DizRuns as well. And uh, last but not least, head over to the show notes, DizRuns.com slash 660. And leave your thoughts and feedbacks and comments and takeaways there as well. So that is uh, just about it for today. Once again, DizRuns.com is the is the website, and right there on the homepage, you can get yourself entered into the uh, the free training plan giveaway. You can also go to DizRuns.com slash giveaway, uh, you know, and, and it, it doesn't cost you anything to enter, right? And and you could uh, you could win, you could win uh, again a, a free custom training program. Um, and again, it's not one of one of those things. If you haven't if you haven't looked into what what I do for coaching. It's not something where like I write out 16 weeks and give it to you and, and then, you know, kind of wipe my hands of it and, and that's it. Um, I'm checking in with you every week, uh, making sure that, that things are going well, updating your plan as necessary. Uh, really only write out a couple weeks at a time. So it's it's constantly changing, constantly evolving based on how your training is going and, and how life is going as well. So um, if you want to get yourself entered, disruns.com slash giveaway. If you just want to look at some coaching for the new year, uh, at the different levels, tra- training plan level is one of them, Coterie, one-to-one, whatever whatever you might need to do, disruns.com slash coaching. Uh, and that page needs to be updated. Um, and it's on my to-do list, but I just haven't gotten there yet. But all the information there is still still mostly good. Um, it, it, it's going to give you enough of a picture to get it to know what you're, what you're looking at. And if you've got any other questions, just let me know. But uh, with that, we'll go ahead and, and, and wrap a bow on this one. Stick it under the tree. Call it, call it a day. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Appreciate your thoughts and feedbacks and sharing the show and all the things that you do for me. Uh, it, it means so very much. So uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Take care, guys.